It is hour two of the game, the game after work. Nice. Mitch, Troy. This guy. David G, who's yeah. back. He's officially back on the show after a 187-day hiatus. <laughs> Sorry. And then you got Travion Berklin running the ones and twos across the, the glass. What if, so after work, the game gets a little, you know. From PG to PG-13? Yeah, go PG-12. PG-12? Is that a thing? Yeah. Not quite PG-13, because we still got sponsors. We still, we got, <laughs> we're beholden to people. We go from PG today to PG-1992. Yeah, now we're talking. They did get away with a lot back then. Oh, yeah, they did. A lot. People weren't really looking after that whole deal. <laughs> they were like, okay, whatever. I'll never forget when, um, I think it was the movie Splash. Yes. With Tom Hanks. I think that's a PG movie. That is. And I remember watching it, and this chick is strolling up on Daryl the beach. Hannah. Mm. And the backside is clearly visible. Mm. Mm. That was when my parents stopped taking us to movies. They were like, oh, Mike, Troy, avert your eyes. And you're like, okay. Not so much me, but that was Little Brother's, I think, 13th birthday. <laughs> yeah, if you're having to edit movies due to nudity, <laughs> yeah. it's probably not PG. No. But, but my thing is this. like, I, This is an old argument, but I watched on TNT. I watched this show. It's called The Ridiculous Eight. or, or it, It's the one where uh, Denzel Washington and um, Chris Pratt and a bunch of other guys, they're like cowboys, and they come to avenge this small town like every other Western in the history of the world. Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. They're shooting people. They got shooting guys with with uh, bows and arrows. I saw a guy slit a dude's throat with a knife. A good guy slit a guy's throat with a knife. And that's totally fine. That's fine. Show that on TV. But a girl's boob and everybody's like, oh, no. Why? What's I, the story? Well, nudity, yes, is still, you know. It's weird. They, they, uh, wait until I tell you about the court cases regarding free the nipple. <laughs> Here in Manhattan? No. No. Well, well you've heard about this, the case in Manhattan where they're like, you know, women can go topless in public. You know, like that's not uh, that's something that uh, they had to like do a court case about. Yes. Which it's like, well, is that isn't that to protect breastfeeding? I don't know what I, I don't know what it is. I just think, uh, yay, go ahead. In the case that I'm discussing specifically, it was more about uh, being able to topless garden, among other things. If you are, if you are someone that is, you have the guts. To expose your breast while you're gardening and you have the sun beating off of the, <laughs> the sun. It's on like your delicate. On your delicate. By all means, go ahead. Go ahead. You're the only one that's going to get hurt. And only the show could go in this direction <laughs> with Dave G here. Here we are. Uh, Trivion, uh, label this one uh, boobs. B-E-W-B-S. <laughs> and I was only going to bring up, you know, TBS is totally cool with AEW throwing out a couple of S-bombs once in a they while. They are. No, right. they are. They really press the envelope sometimes. They do. And I, I'm like, sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know you could say that on TV. Yes, you can. Now, TNT was like, hey, let's, you know, instead of seven a show, maybe back to four. Because they can't do F-bombs, but S-bombs are okay. Right. As long as it's in the right context. If I that think makes specifically sense. with cable, that's the case. Because I remember they were talking well, about that on Conan, too. I, I, I'm pretty sure, like... Any TV channel could broadcast 
really whatever they wanted. Yeah. Like if ABC wanted to show a breast, they could. They f bombs is to, they could honestly do that. I because I know like what's the is it IFC? Yes. Like there's a yes. channel called IFC. Like they show movies at noon. They'll they'll show Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uncut, uh, uncensored. uncensored, raw. Phoebe Cates, one yeah. of the best scenes of all time. Cue the cars. Gorgeous. Moving in stereo. It's mm. a great movie. I have always liked you. God, it's a great scene, man. You know, I'm Shout just Shout like, to Nancy Wilson, by the way. For sure. I just I just don't get it. Like, what's who's TNT to tell anybody anything? You know, you go, hey, you need me more than I need you, pal. TNT. Shout out to Ted Turner. Shout out to Ted Turner and what's left of TBS. TBS is struggling. I missed dinner in a movie. <laughs> That's where they did original and, stuff. And TBS Superstation college football games. Oh, those were the best. They uh, bring it. Yeah, man, these guys work for TBS? I missed WGN on the afternoons and Cubs games. Thank you very much. Ooh. I remember like when Come direct- home from class, have the game on, chill the rest of the afternoon. I remember as a kid when we got DirecTV, and it was at a time where DirecTV was now transitioning to now you can get your local channels, but it was still, it, it was still like in the preliminary stages, so you could only get particular markets, as in you could only get one market per time zone. Right. So you got New York, Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles. Well, being in Central Time, no, I'm sorry, uh, I think it was Denver. It, it was. New York, Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles. And, of course, being in Central Time Zone, we got Chicago local news. So we always got the Cubs and Bears highlights. <laughs> and for one, like one summer, I was kind of a Cubs fan because I could always get the highlights. And we also got WGN so I could watch the games. Yeah, dude. Couldn't get a Royals game. And I remember that distinctly. I remember when Fox first came up and was like, we got Kansas City Royals games. Almost all of them. They didn't always, they didn't have them all, but it was like, Royals are on TV again. This is amazing. I, I remember the days of, especially the Braves. I mean, TBS, TBS played Braves games. I mean, they would they would interrupt anything. <laughs> we got the Braves coming on. That and if Gary Carey. I mean, he was so, somebody get, somebody'd walk, somebody go, come on, Steve. <laughs> so I thought that was so funny. Actually, it was funny. One of the radio voices for the Braves recently uh, having fun in the fact that they got into a rain delay on Twitter. He puts out, and uh, and as we sit in this rain delay, enjoy the Andy Griffith Show on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, perfect. It's Pitch funny. Perfect. Awesome. It's so funny you brought up Harry Carey because I was thinking about what you mentioned. It's, it was kind of a, it was a Homer broadcast for sure because watching the Batcats play Oklahoma State. Oh. And if you watch that broadcast, it was a big-time Homer broadcast. The color guy... It, it was it was very pro Oklahoma State really? unless it was a complete blow, which it did get to a blowout in a couple of games because K State's pitching was really really rough on Saturday and Sunday. It was just kind of a it was almost it got to kind of a pity party for K State. You know, well, you know, if they do this or that, they could maybe make the NCAA tournament. Like, hey, they got a couple of runs. You know, there's some life. You know, but other than that, Nothing. it was just pro Oklahoma oh. State. I was like, all right, like I don't mind a little bit of homer. Like Brian Smoller, whenever we do. What he gives me the opportunity to call a volleyball game or a soccer game on TV. It's like, 
typically he, he doesn't do it really anymore, but when I first started doing it, he always, you know, like, hey, remember, you're doing TV, so let's keep this neutral. Don't wear any uh, team colors with your suit or whatever, because they've gotten some complaints in the past, you know, and I and I get it. You watch the TV broadcast, you you don't expect sure, you know, a homer broadcast. And then Oklahoma State's out there, like cheering on a home run or whatever. It wasn't the play by the play by play guy was fine. I can't remember his name, but I know the name. Dave Hunziger. Huh, yes, Rafael Palmero. But the color guy, nice my right. God, it was Homer. Ugh. Homer. You know, I saw some on Twitter that they were like, "You know, the cat's probably not going to make the tournament." You know, and you're like, "Kind of say stuff like that, like." You want to preview the game. You want to pump the game up. So wouldn't you go, hey, K-State, they look like they're going to be tournament bound to excite people? <laughs> what is the story there? Well, given the way that the performance of the weekend was, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they would say that. Well, and it was plus it, you're, you're also looking at, you know, for crying out loud, Oklahoma's RPI still continues to be in the 30s while yeah. ours is in the 40s. And it makes utterly well, no sense. I'll put it this way. Actually, K-State's RPI improved. Uh, after Just losing playing, two of three, yeah. yeah, by playing Oklahoma State, they won the first game ten to nine. That was that was big. I mean, because also West Virginia lost to Texas Tech, so then you all of a sudden had K State down a game, and I mean everything's going the way you want it right now. And then Herman Fajardo gets out there on Saturday, first inning, and gives up way too many runs. I mean, it was the walks. He walked four guys, gave up a hit, and all of a sudden the game's already blown up in the first inning, and he's done. Blake Corsentino had. Tough time trying to get some outs, and it just man, it snowballed. the The pitching and also uh, a little bit of sloppiness in the field, a little bit of sloppiness in the field. It snowballed, and then K State found themselves down early in Saturday and Sunday's games, and there was no coming back, and there was really no stopping. And that's the that's the rough part about playing a team like Oklahoma State, who's always good. I mean, they're always going to a regional. They they are consistently going to regionals. And you have one of the best hitting teams in the Big Twelve. You're hoping the you know you're hoping you can get five innings out of your starter because you have a you don't have a yeah. deep bullpen. You don't. You have three guys, four guys that you know you can go to. And we didn't even see Ty Rule until Sunday, right? And the fact of the matter remains, Oklahoma State took full advantage of what K State's weakness was. Teams are able to. Do that. Good teams are able to do that, especially when they're as comfortable at home as what Oklahoma State is. Yeah, and it showed this weekend. Okay, that's where you know we had a concern going into the season with this pitching staff. Oklahoma t- State took advantage of that. All right, you're back home this weekend. You know what's in front of you, and here we go. Yeah, when I say snowball, I mean Oklahoma State had 11 extra base hits on Saturday. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, they it, just, it got bad. Yeah, they just were wrapping out. Uh, shot after shot after shot. It was it was brutal. Meanwhile, I mean, I and I thought offensively. I mean, the offense wasn't great yesterday, but on Saturday it was enough to, if you got good pitching, to go out and win a game. Got back to seven four. Yeah. Had an opportunity if pitching is able to hold, but instead it turned into a blowout. Wow, eleven. And I was hoping yeah. for a run rule Saturday, I, I didn't think it was going to happen because it wasn't getaway day. You usually, don't get one in conference right. play if it's not getaway day. Although they could if they decided beforehand to do it but i was like man I, they need to get out of that ballpark and just reset for sunday and yep. it just didn't get better i don't know it just w- once Herman Fajardo just struggling with that first thing on saturday just felt like you know the rest of the weekend was just sour at that point right. with the pitching it just it, it wasn't good and i wasn't expecting that from Herman Fajardo it just but the walks it was the walks that killed him early and that was all she wrote from from there on out but 
And to be honest with you, I mean, Owen Borman, he gave up seven runs in six innings and maybe should have got out of there a little bit earlier than he did. But I still thought he threw some good stuff. And then Tyson Abrams was throwing great stuff until one pitch was a two-run homer with two outs in the ninth inning. Luckily, K-State was up three at that point. One of the things that has struck me, though, through the course of this season and not just this weekend, strike zone has been tight all season long in the conference, it has felt like. And, and you know, K-State has taken advantage of that in that they've been able to capitalize with the number of walks that they've gotten. But it has just felt like that uh, walks have been such a key item in the conference because the strike zone has been tight throughout. It doesn't matter which game it is, but it just feels like both ways that it continues to be a very small zone this year, conference games. Yeah. Well, I, the way I thought about it over the weekend, I felt like the, the strike zone was like cockeyed a little bit, like crooked. Uh-huh. Like in a way, like you got more space on the high pitches and you got much less when it came to pitches inside or outside. And and I thought low, like the pitches low, I thought were inconsistent. I I, don't, I mean, that's college baseball umpiring for you. Like you, you I, I'm more unhappy with the strike zone than I am happy. With the strike zone, but that was in in no way deciding how this game took place. You just needed a guy to go out there and throw some strikes. Yeah, exactly. And didn't get a guy to go out there and and throw some strikes. But I'm, I'm be very interested to see how D1 baseball brings out their next bracketology. I'm hoping to, uh, and I've been talking with Kendall Rogers from D1 baseball. Hopefully, we'll have him on this week to talk Big 12 baseball. What do the Cats need to do? Are they now on the outside looking in? What's the plan right now? I. You know, and K State showing up as what heading to it wasn't Van, oh it was Vanderbilt in the lat, latest bracketology, and they kind of slid down the three seed a little bit, the three seed rankings, and I mean, losing two or three is rough. I mean, it's at the point now you're not even thinking Big Twelve championship. Mm. It, 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 it's not going to happen. No, it's not because I doubt West Virginia is going to get swept by Texas on the road. I think West Virginia will get one, no doubt about it. And they get one. It's all she wrote on the Big Twelve championship. You're just thinking about winning games. And win at least two of three. I mean, TCU's playing some pretty good baseball right now. They just swept Baylor. Baylor's not a good team. But TCU took care of business. And their RPI is just a little bit higher than K-State's. And K-State got from you know around 50 to around 45 now with their RPI. So, But they still need to win some games. They're not officially in the field as of yet. That's the thing. They're just It's too slim when it comes to margin for error. Now it's time to go win baseball games and everybody's got to step up. When we come back, let's get to uh, let's get to hoops. Because when we come back, not only Marquise Noel showing off some talent at the G League Elite Camp, but how about a Jayhawk switching from KU to K-State? I'll tell you the details about that when we come back. We continue with the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. back with us. And Travion Brooklyn is with us across the glass. 785-537-1350 is our phone number to call. We still have number one song of the day and ask us anything to come up. K-State Baseball, their final home series of the season, will start Thursday against the TCU Horned Frogs. 
And first pitch Thursday will be at 6 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 5.30. Go pack Toyton Family Stadium all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before the Batcats get their place in the NCAA tournament. Now let's jump over to basketball because you know this is a story that's been making some headlines ever since uh, it was Hunter Dickinson was getting ready to announce his decision. Was it Kansas? Was it Kentucky? Was he going to go back to Michigan? Was he going to go home and pick the Terrapins of Maryland? Ended up picking Kansas. Big-time pickup for Bill Self. Best player overall in the transfer portal, and some saying he's the best player in the transfer portal all time Whoa. since it opened up five years ago or so. Hunter Dickinson is a is a fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. 7-1 or something like that. And uh, heck of a scorer, rebounder. He'll go grab those boards. Shot blocker, he'll do it all for you. But right before that announcement came out, or actually I should also bring up McKenzie Ambaco, mm-hmm. who was a forward that ended up picking Indiana over Kansas because when it was down to those last two, we saw a KU player jump into the transfer portal, and that was Ernest Uday. One year of eligibility gone. He's a former McDonald's All-American, a former four-star top 40 player in the country for the class of 2022, and played very limited basketball for the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, if he was lucky, double-digit minutes a game. Averaged about three points, three rebounds a contest. But man, does he have insane possibilities and insane upside potential when it comes to playing defensive basketball. I'll get to some of those numbers here in just a moment. But he entered the transfer portal. And McKenzie Mbaco ends up picking Indiana. Now, yes, KU did get Hunter Dickinson. But they would really still like to have Ernest Uday. Because he was going to be their backup five. And he's going to be the backup five of the future. They were invested in this guy. Former four-star, McDonald's All-American. He was going to be the guy Mm-hmm. sooner or later. And a lot of that is because he has so much potential when it comes to playing defense. If you look at his per 40 minutes, I mean, he was averaging about three blocks, three steals per 40 minutes. That's insane numbers. Crazy. He once blocked four shots in 13 minutes against Duke. Wow. Four shots in 13 minutes. We saw Drell Colbert do that in an exhibition game. This guy did it against the Duke Blue Devils. Wow. Well, now Duke is also in on Ernest Uday. John Shire wants him. Who else wants him? Well, Jamie Dixon, who needs to replace Eddie Lampkin, who's going to go play at Colorado. I think it's Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But they had a big falling out, of course, so you remember that story. Mm-hmm. But I won't get all into that. It's a whole different story. But they're looking for a big, and so is K-State. And K-State's looking for a guy that can definitely – protect the rim, be a rim protector, and go score you some points and grab some rebounds. Be a traditional five. They're looking for one. Well, K-State has a, 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 a schedule or a visit, a visit scheduled, and that's coming up after the dead period. The dead period is going to start here very soon. I think it actually might start tomorrow. or might, uh, Sorry, it starts on the 18th, and it'll be last to the 26th. So the dead period is getting ready to start. So what's going to take place is Ernest Uday is going to go visit Duke, and then the dead period gets here, and he's going to visit K-State and TCU. So what it feels like right now is you know, there's you know, a 33.3% chance K-State can land Ernest Uday. But let's pump the brakes here in just a moment. Obviously, nothing's happened yet, but I can't help but speculate what the headlines would look like 
if that took place because the transfer portal these days is something that will allow a rival player now coming to your school, making that a possibility. Used to obviously not be that way. Heck, I remember, gosh, was it? I think her name was Letty Romero, yeah. who played at K State, oh, yeah. played for women's basketball at K State. And John Curry, well, K-State, I shouldn't just call out John Curry. I mean, there was a number of people that had an opinion on this. And blocked her transfer because they thought she was she could potentially take that opportunity and leave with Deb Patterson because it was a we were changing from Deb Patterson mm-hmm. to Jeff Mitty. And they thought she might just go with them, mm-hmm. leave with Deb Patterson. Which would have put her at Northern Colorado when Cammy took that job. Well, she didn't end up doing that, but, you know... I mean, that story made national headlines. It was outside the lines. I mean, ESPN was covering it greatly. Mm-hmm. It was all over it was all over the media outlets. She ended up going to Florida State, but it took a while for things to get cleared up. I mean, it was you know, kind of a black eye on K-State's reputation there for a little bit. But obviously, now that has changed. Wouldn't do that ever again. And, but just thinking about you know a KU player coming to K State seems extremely weird. Wow, very weird. And I and I can already see the re, the reaction if that were to take place. You know, KU fans would be like, "Oh, he wasn't playing anyway. You, you know, two points a game, three he points stinks. a game, whatever." He does have an issue, and he he fouls too much. He probably would get more minutes if he wouldn't foul so much. Hmm. Yeah, there is one thing to you know, you don't want your five fouling a whole lot. I mean. We learned some lessons when Keontae Johnson didn't play a five, of course, but when he would get into foul trouble, how much that hurt, Oof. how much that kind of throws uh, the game plan. you got to adjust things, obviously, and we learned that in the Florida Atlanta game. Fouls were an issue for Keontae Johnson. Uh, but I, I just I, – I can't help to think, like, okay, so you have Ernest Uday versus Hunter Dickinson in case State were to win that game. <laughs> Ernest Uday beats the Million Dollar Man. (laughs) I mean, that would be the most one of the most glorious things ever to beat KU with one of their old players. (laughs) Oh man! I can't help myself to just jump ahead and start thinking about these things for sure. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again: it's such a huge, it's such a big deal when okay, you've established. Communication, that's one thing. And this is the same thing for football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, volleyball. With the facilities that you have and so much to show off, when you get the recruit here, it's hard to pass up. And Jerome Tang already has a great track record of when you get recruits on on campus and winning them over, you got a great shot. Mm-hmm. This, but it's let's also keep in mind, like he would also, you know, I think he's not obviously played 90 games and he's not a guy that'll get you, you know, maybe not necessarily get you double figures every game, but you want the rim protector. You want a guy that can defend around the rim. He, I think, would check some very important boxes. Mm-hmm. This would be a great fit. It would be a blow up for KU. Like I said earlier, I, uh, Bill Self had some big plans for Ernest Rude. Maybe he's not exactly ready to be the guy when it comes to KU, and they had an opportunity to get Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, absolutely. Ernest said, "Take a hike, guys. I'm going somewhere else." That would be, I think, it would be a big win. I mean, if Duke wants the guy, and you're, fat, you're, you're we already learned, you know, trying to fight with Texas to get one of the best guards in the country when it comes to the transfer portal. Fighting with Duke to get 
a pretty solid big man, a solid center, is going to be really tough. It's like, it, to me, it comes down to Jerome Tang versus Duke academics. <laughs> How big into academics is Ernest Uday? Because I think it's one of those things that's a special deal when they want you to come play basketball there. It's a big deal. But it's like, as far as recruiting between Jerome Tang and John Shire, I think that Jerome Tang can out-recruit him. With just just straight up talking to the man, I think Ernest Uday is going to come out liking Jerome Tang, but it will be that all the things that come along with Duke basketball, it'll be tough. Can you imagine, though, having him on the floor, Colbert on the floor, Naquan Tomlin on the floor? Well, that's the thing. Like we haven't, We've only seen Colbert, Drell Colbert, play in one exhibition game, and he blocked four shots in five minutes. I was like, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking more of that. I'm just thinking of the the message board and social media explosion that this would invite. Go crazy! Absolutely. They, they need oh. a KU guy to win. You know, like that's how oh. that's going to spin it. But that's oh. fine. I don't care. Bring them all, man. I want to win. And by the way, did you see Marquise Noel at the G League Elite Camp? He had himself such a great first day. Second day didn't go as well. And I, I'm i bummed out that he didn't get the invite to the NBA Combine because eight players got called up for the Combine. And that starts, I think it starts today, today. right? Mm-hmm. So Keontae Johnson's there, and he's going to have an opportunity in the next couple of days to show off what he can do. But I tell you what, Marquise Noel continued on the, the last impression he made against Florida Atlantic and the things he could do for K-State, leading them to Elite Eight. Like, he's still... It's awesome that he's still doing the same things as a court general lad he is to pass the ball and also score the ball. It's like he's still doing the fadeaway three-pointers, the crazy bounce passes. Mark my words, it's probably going to be along the lines of what we saw Trevor Hudgens sign last year in the offseason leading in. Did not get drafted, but signed that... Ten basically, it's a it's a, a two way contract that allows you to be called up to the NBA at any point from your G League team, and you're in the team's system. I yeah. look for that to be Martin Keese's plan going forward. Yeah, most likely. Like when, and I know he's had, I guess, a, a very formal uh, like workout and interview with the Houston Rockets. Also, shout out to Trevor Hudgens. Um, but you're right, Troy. I, I I doubt he gets drafted. I mean, Keontae right now is kind of picked as like – actually, he's kind of really all over the place when mm-hmm. I saw mm-hmm. projections on Keontae. But, you know, the, the it's just simple to just say second-round guy. I, th- I think that's very appropriate. Keontae, you know, Marquise Noel, he's probably my favorite K-State basketball player of all time. His, his name should certainly be up in the rafters, but will he get drafted? Yeah, I, I kind of with you. I don't think so, but I think he'll officially win somebody over – with the summer league, get him in the summer league, let him show off. That's going to earn him a contract for sure. And uh, we we play this game with ourselves. We say, if you don't make an NBA roster, you failed. If someone for a European league wants to pay you um, two million euros oh, yeah. a season, and you know, I saw a picture Jacob Pullen put on Twitter two million one time. Euros. I didn't know what that is in dollars. He was at the beach. He was on the Mediterranean. And he was wearing a pair of Jordans, and he was kicked back and relaxed. At the time, he was playing for FC Barcelona, which is their like they're they're a big powerhouse in basketball over there as well. Mm-hmm. But we tell ourselves, "Oh, he didn't make the NBA, so he stinks." If you can make a living like that, if you can make two million euros a year playing overseas, do it, man. Screw what anybody else says. That is amazing money. 
that is it's hard to make any roster like that. Like you can't you just don't go do that. You know, you don't just go, oh, I'm just gonna go play. The top tier Euro leagues are tough, man. They got a lot yes. of great basketball players. Oh, yes. And you are it's nothing to hang your head about. And as fans, we need to stop this holding our noses up. There's only 32 teams or whatever in the NBA, and there's only 12 spots on those rosters. That is like the tip of your pinky amount of guys who make that jump and make a roster and stay in the league for years. It just doesn't happen. we got to stop with this, oh, if he doesn't make the NBA, he wasn't any good. Because we all know, Marquise Noel, he goes to a Manhattan Parks and Rec game, he's going to score <laughs> 700 points. You know what I'm saying? He'll wreck you. He's, he's an amazing basketball player. And if he doesn't make it, I would. I just wish I could tell him, don't worry about it. Go to the go to Europe and make your money, dude. Your window for sports is so small. It could be gone in an instant. Go play in Europe, dude. I don't know, Deej. Uh, when I played pickup basketball at Clyde County, I used to play against Freddy Espria, and he oh. once swatted me when I put up a floater from the free throw line, and wow. he was under the basket. But I also played against a kid that played at St. John's and he played in the NCAA tournament, and I once swatted his shot Ooh. and also guarded him one game and didn't allow a single point. So, Whoa, listen, don't count me out. No, no, never. Not if you. I was still 19 years old. Not you. 32 years old and out of shape, I have no chance. You know, no <laughs> you're like one. You're like half court. We're playing half court. We're not doing full court. You actually – Let's just play horse. That's what it's still kill you. Let's play yeah. pig. You, you – that is Freddie Espria's greatest – Athletic achievement. In it basketball. is swatting me. Yeah, it swatting absolutely you. is. It's way better than anything he did at K State. Man, oh. I, 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 that guy somewhere right now he picked up his fourth foul somewhere. <laughs> he just picked up his fourth foul. That guy. Sorry, Freddie, but man, you were terrible. Cheeks. And I have, I stink. Oh, he didn't take care of himself. That guy was out of shape. <laughs> Oh, and my. I think he's just like really confused on why he wasn't dunking on everybody. <laughs> like, everybody here is good. I never forget because like Omari Lawrence also played in our pickup games, and he was the cool, coolest guy ever. He's a really nice. He was kid. so nice to me, yeah. and every time I'd see him out, hey Mitch, what's up? I was like, really hey, nice really guy cool. for sure. Introduced me to Angel Rodriguez, and it, people thought I looked like Angel Rodriguez. And, and I was do? like, <laughs> I even asked him. I was like, no, I even talked. I was like, people think I look like he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm way better looking. I was like, I know. <laughs> I know, like, and I don't even wear diamond earrings. That's good. Uh, but anyway, I remember when uh, Freddie. So in our pickup basketball games, we don't sub. It's it's five on five, and if you want to play, you wait till the next game. And we probably did. I think each team maybe had two or three possessions. He was gassed and yeah, ready to come out. He was I done. Go. I gotta go. Listen, I had too much uh, spaghetti. I ate a bunch of spaghetti before I came in here. Carbo load. I am out. I'll tell you, when I was a youngster doing my thing down in Aggieville, we were down at Fats Bar and Grill. A shout out to them. Shout out to it. And we walk in, and there's Jason Bennett sitting <laughs> at there, and he's bumming cigarettes off everybody and pounding beers. And I go, I don't know. I mean, I'm no expert on college basketball, but I don't think that's a good thing to have your guy pulling a Babe Ruth two two nights before a game. He did go out there and block like 46 shots, which was amazing. But his career, man, wow. That guy didn't take it serious either. Definitely. He was pounding cigarettes. And he was all huge. So the cigarette looked teeny tiny in his big hand. He was like, Ugh. I had never been more embarrassed 
than when he fouled out. I'm talking about Jason Bennett. When he fouled out in Allen Fieldhouse. Because he threw the biggest fit. Mm, and I'm oh watching boy. the game with a bunch of KU fans. There's some K-State fans there as well. We're watching the game. And he is the biggest baby. After he fouled out of that game, and he, yeah. he didn't score a point. No, he didn't. The KU fans were all over him. I mean, heckling him. He had the worst night ever. Oof. But he made the mistake of letting them get to him, letting the referees get to him, letting every single person in that building get to him. Uh-huh. And he let out his emotions as he left that game. I was like, oh, my God. They should have let I'm him. never going to not hear about this. Yeah, forever. Everybody's yeah. going to remember this forever. They should have And yet him, I'm the only one that does. They should have let him pound a cig, you know, like yeah. right before game time. He needs a one after that game. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> needed a couple beers after oh, that boy. one. Yeah. Good Lord. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, number one song of the day. Well, she's married to Eddie Van Halen, um, and they produced Eventually. Wolfgang Van Halen. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I, yeah. don't, know. I, I don't know if he did you, or not. You, you really didn't know no, that. No, I didn't. I, I, of course didn't know who Valerie, how, who Valerie Bertinelli was. No. Andy Gibb dating Ouch. history. Let me tell you something. Tanya Tucker's on that list. That is a that relationship. Oh my God! Wow. I bet they beat the hell out of each other. Oh, good lord! Yes. Good God! Vince, uh, Victoria Principal, Marie Osmond for a year. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, baby, come on, let's," uh, you know. And she's like, "No, I'm not holding your hand in public." Are you kidding? Me? Out of all the Gibbs, yeah, out of all the Gibbs, he has to have the most impressive resume when it came to lovers. <laughs> yeah, and varied as well. I'm just. Uh, you have, you have almost a whole Rock of Love roster <laughs> with who we dated. Disco of love. You can make a reality show out, out of that. Uh, sp- also on this song, playing guitar, you have none other than Joe Walsh. Really? Played guitar on that song. Wichita's own. And uh, Billboard ranked it the second best song in 1977. Only bested by Tonight's the Night, Rod Stewart. I'm going to go this over Tonight's the Night. I'm okay with Rod Stewart. Tonight's the night's not better than. Wait a minute, how does that go? How does tonight's the night go? Go ahead and sing it for him real quick. quick, Oh boy, tonight's the night's gonna be all right. (laughs) Except, actually, that was a little bit better than Rod Stewart. It's a little more upbeat. With Rod Rod Stewart, it's like tonight's the night. You know. Uh, All I know is trying his hardest to sing good. uh, That all just reminds me of Ten Thousand Maniacs. Because the man belongs to the level. Rod Stewart, he's okay. 10,000 Maniacs. Yeah, you remember them? Natalie Merchant. Watch it, brother. I love the 10,000 yeah, Maniacs. I know. Thank you. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, Natalie Merchant popping off on a piano. Th- dude, I'm telling you, Rod Stewart, he's cool and all, but it ain't better. Tonight's the night ain't better than this song. No way. Not even close. But 10,000 Maniacs beats them both. All right, Trey, I suppose you can get us out when we need to get out. Did you remember your role, right? You're ready to go? I have a question that I think you're going to think is easy, but it's not. Okay, hold on a second. There we go. Now we can officially start. Would you rather go back to kindergarten with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? Listen, if I knew what I know now back in kindergarten, I would easily fast forward to fourth grade. For sure. Skip a few. Graduate when I'm 14. Go to college when I'm 14. Now that I think about it, I'm going to go with the other one because I don't want to go to college being a minor. Oh, no. That would suck. And if you're in kindergarten and you know all the things that you know as a grown man right now, you are going to be the weirdest little kindergartner 
I'm correcting everybody. Yeah. And they're going to be like, I'm the know-it-all. Mitch is a strange kid. Nobody wants to be around. I'd have no friends. I'd be trying to pretend like, oh, goo goo gaga. Want to play shoots and ladders? <laughs> no. The, the, the teachers are trying to figure out when Michael P. Keaton wound up in their classrooms. Wait a second. For Trey, Deej, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.